eventually, once we've done that and we've, for example, created an event, yearly event called Go for Europe, and we started getting invested from all over the world, including China and, and, and the US. So we decided to rebrand our annual event and, to, and we, we started calling it Go for Israel, which is more reflective of what we really want to achieve to uh, convince uh, international investors to go for Israel. We've done, for example, five events in China from 1,000 to 3,000 people. One of the events, we had uh, 300 wow. entrepreneurs from Israel. And uh, we always uh, enjoy when we have the opportunity to promote Israeli companies worldwide. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leomitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Opus Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. Today, we're going to be talking about the history of the Israeli high-tech ecosystem with Edward Kukierman, founder and managing partner of Catalyst Investments and serves as the chairman of Kukierman and Company Investment House. Since its establishment in 1993, Kukierman and Company Investment House has been engaged in more than $8 billion cross-border transactions across industries. Catalyst Investments was established in 1999 by Edward Kukierman, Yair Shamir, and Boaz Arel. With over $300 million under management, the fund supports the long-term growth of medium-sized Israeli companies with innovation in global markets. Edward Kukierman, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for hosting me. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for being here. I'm so honored to have you here. You know, really one of the pioneers of the Israeli tech ecosystem. There's no other way to say this uh, with, with Catalyst Investments and Kukierman uh, Investment, uh, a, a Cohen Investment House. And you've been investing in Israel, I think, you know, just about 1999, at least from Catalyst Investments. And you've seen what's happening with the startup nation. And, you know, with our conversation right before this, you're talking about it not just from you know, a financial point of view, but really from a Zionist point of view and, and your love for this place and your love for what's happening here. And, and you know, if you go going through the website immediately, you're, you're talking about mature Israeli companies, which is not, you know, the traditional way that VCs talk, talking about growing, maturing companies in this ecosystem. So I'm really excited to dive deep with you in these 20 minutes. Welcome. Thank you, and uh, I'm glad to join. Uh, it doesn't make me younger when you tell about my history, but it's true that I started <laughs> my, I launched my first venture fund in 1993, so it was 28 wow. years ago, and at that time we were only three venture funds in Israel. Three. And today there are 380 Israeli venture funds plus 100 international funds, so the, the, the industry has evolved in an amazing way in the last 28 years. Take me back 28 years, 1993. Why start a VC fund? Nobody's doing it. Why are you doing it? You know, at the time, I just came back from INSEAD. I did my MBA in Fontainebleau. I studied in the Technion. And I, I studied, during my studies, my MBA study, I, I thought about what could be interesting to create after my MBA. And the venture industry is something that attracted me. I 
studied before in the Technion and I used to uh, work during my studies to help Technion licensing their technology to European uh, companies. And what we've seen is that many of the entrepreneurs, people that develop technology, are difficulty getting funding. That's why I saw that while I was studying there, I work on a, a business plan, how to create a venture fund, which is something I implemented just after my studies. Tell me the story of the founding of it and, and you know, how does it actually all take place? I mean, the real kickoff of our investment banking activity was when we took our own venture fund public in 1997 in Europe. It was at the first time, the first IPO of an Israeli company in continental Europe. I did that the time with my father and uncle. They were both CEOs of French banks. And eventually we had 5,000 uh, European investors uh, when the first fund uh, I managed went public in 97. Uh, it was doing mostly early stage investments. And the ecosystem evolved. We moved from three players back in 93 to 100 venture funds in 1999. And we felt that the market becoming more competitive on the early stage, we started shifting our investment strategy to investments in more mature companies. And uh, in 1999, two of my partners joined me at the time. It was Yair Shamir and Boaz Arel. And we have been working together for 21 years, investing in uh, disruptive technology companies. Some of the companies became uh, quite famous. For example, we were the only venture fund that invested in Mobileye. And uh, some of them went recently public on the New York Stock Exchange. So uh, the last two transactions were the IPO of uh, Tabula and the IPO of Arbe. So we have seen quite a lot of unicorns being built uh, under uh, the... Uh, with the funding of uh, Catalyst, and we're quite uh, proud of uh, of that. Incredible, incredible. 1993 to 1997 or 1999, where you know you're growing, the Israeli ecosystem is is maturing fast, and you're making the transition from focusing on early stage investments to growth investments, and and soon we'll shift the conversation to talking about you know what it takes to build a mature company. In, in an ecosystem like Israel. But what happens in Israel at that point? What, from your eyes, what is happening to our landscape that we're seeing this boom of investments coming in? Well, one of the challenges that uh, had impacted the industry is the crisis of 2000 and the crisis of 2008. Uh, at the time, uh, there were a lot of mid-market players uh, that were taking Israeli companies public at a quite early stage. Remember probably the uh, Lehman Brothers, Robert and Stevens, H&Q, and many Montgomery Securities and others that were, were going, were taking Israeli companies public at valuation of around $100 million. And after mm -hmm. those two crises, almost all the mid-market players disappeared. And the lead bankers, whether it's Citi, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, and others, they are all looking for unicorns, companies that are valued above $1 billion in order to take them public on the NASDAQ. Therefore, there was a need for additional funding so that those companies, Israeli companies, could grow to reach a critical size of sales of above $100 million in order to be ready for an IP on the NASDAQ. And it created a lot of pressure on many 
early stage companies that couldn't get funding. So that's one of the reasons why we shifted our investment strategy to more mature companies. If you look at the statistics today, out if you uh, see for, for transaction where the exit is above $100 million, it takes on average 16 years from the day that the company is, was established to the day the exit is realized. And the early wow. stage venture fund, very often, even if they are a great portfolio company, are getting stuck in companies where they don't have liquidity during the life cycle of the fund. This is one of the reasons why we allocate more resources in mature companies and also doing direct secondary transactions. Wow. Okay. And so you're, you're building, you're talking about growth and you're talking about mature companies. It's the, talk, the talk about mature companies that you've started a long time ago, you know, from, from a young entrepreneur's lens really is only taking Israel by a storm in the last few years. What's the vision behind mature companies? So where, and, and why go so early, you know, before other players talking about growing mature companies within Israel? I mean, the, uh, the big problem is the time to exit, which I explained. And uh, we yeah. also the need yeah. of getting private funding uh, before uh, doing an M&A or going public. And, and there was a growing demand. Uh, for many, many years, the Israeli companies were focused on developing technologies. And once they had uh, uh, working technology, they would sell it uh, through a strategic alliance or an M&A to an to a, a international group that would market the final product to the end consumer. I think the key right. uh, change happened when if you look at the first unicorn of Israel, it was ways that uh, 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 reached a value of above $1 billion. And that was the first company that sold their product or provided their pro product to the consumer, to the end consumer. The internet changed a lot of things in the industry. And uh, many of the unicorns of today, there are currently 66 unicorns in Israel. If you look at those unicorns, many of them sell their service or their product to the end consumer. That was something that was not possible during the 90s and the early 2000 years. Uh, you had to go through uh, Apple, Cisco, uh, Microsoft in order to provide a solution to the end consumer. Uh, today, it's a very different uh, ballgame. We have in Israel people that have online marketing expertise that knows how to get access to the consumer. And, and the majority now of the unicorn are going directly to the consumer. So the market is not limited for uh, uh, an entrepreneur, they can get access to the final client. And the Israeli players become global players. That's a trend that Incredible. is growing, and we are benefiting from this uh, growth. Remarkable. Edward, tell me about your story. You know, both 28 years of venture capital, but also why, why focusing on Israel for 28 years? You know, you're, you're coming from France, right? What, what is your story? I mean, I, I was uh, educated uh, in France, but my mom is Israeli and my father is French. Sunny uh, is part of the value that we've been uh, exposed to uh, since we were a kid. I was spending all my summer in Israel from the day, uh, from, the, from my young age. And uh, 
for me, the key, uh, the key element that triggered my venue in Israel was the fact that during the first Lebanese war, I felt very bad to, to stay in France and I wanted to serve my country. So I still, uh, uh, reserve officer in the army and, uh, I'm very proud that also my three kids served wow. in an interesting position in the army and uh, are still serving for some of them. Uh, and uh, that was part of the values and also I think the value uh, of the people surrounding me also in my firm. Uh, I have uh, you know, Yair Shamir uh, that was minister in the previous government and Boaz Arel that have been a very big supporter of Israel, but also some of my investors that backed me uh, from the beginning, like the the auto group uh, and, and other European investors that uh, supported our activities for 28 year, years with the idea of helping Israeli companies to become market leaders. And, uh, and, uh, and we enjoyed doing that until today. Was that, a, was that a part of the core vision 28 years ago when you, or you know, throughout the 28 years, is this something that is, that is, you know, top of mind for you, you know, your role within, within the Israel ecosystem besides the financial and upside part of the venture capital world? I have to tell you that it's uh, interesting to see the presentation I had when I started my activity in 93. It's very similar to uh, the uh, organigram, the organization structure of uh, today of the group. Uh, we have uh, we had this vision of uh, trying to help Israeli companies to first to to uh, develop their activities in Europe. That was the initial vision. That's because of our uh, family uh, network and, and our uh, link to Europe. Uh, but eventually, once we've done that and we've example, create an event, yearly event called Go for Europe, and we started getting invested from all over the world, including China and, and, and the US. So we decided to rebrand our annual event and, to, and we, we started calling it Go for Israel, which is more reflective of what we really want to achieve to uh, convince uh, international investors to go for Israel. We've done, for example, five events in China from 1,000 to 3,000 people. One of the events we had uh, 300 wow. entrepreneurs from Israel. And uh, we always uh, enjoy when we have the opportunity to promote Israeli companies worldwide. I actually wrote a book, which is called Israel Valley, that was translated in quite a few languages today to explain about the Israeli ecosystem and why Israel has been a a success story in the high tech sector, and I, and I'm very happy that uh, people read it in Brazil, in China, in Russia, in Italy. Uh, so it's really uh, and in France, obviously. So I, I'm, uh, I've been trying to promote Israeli high tech for many years, and it's a better way to promote Israel than to speak about geopolitical problem and other <laughs> military problem we are facing. Uh, uh, we are facing, obviously. Uh, I did that enough for my, during my military duty as spokesperson of uh, Israel with uh, some uh, European media. So now wow. I have seen how challenging it is to speak with uh, uh, people uh, as part of the IDF. Uh, but it's much and it's a much easier job to do it when you try to present the unicorn of Israel to uh, the financial community. I, I love it. I love it. So I, I have a question for you. 
young entrepreneur sitting in front of you right now. And, yeah. you know, it, it, we're in a space where, you know, the world is globalized and through technology, you know, anything can be done. And, you know, thankfully within our experience in Israel, so a lot of us have experience with deep technology that has the capacity to really make meaningful changes. And I want to know what does it take, what do I need to keep in mind in order to build a truly mature company? And, and I want to keep that intention from the get-go. So with your 28 years of experience, and I can only imagine how many thousands of companies you've seen their, their journey, what should I as a young entrepreneur keep in mind as I'm starting on my journey and until I reach that mature phase, what should I be constantly telling myself and keeping in mind? You know, I, I think that many of the Israeli entrepreneurs have a very technology-oriented, uh, a strong technology orientation. Uh, many of them, many don't spend too much time analyzing the market, identifying strategic partners, understanding the end user, uh, understanding how to penetrate the international markets. And that's something that many, some more people with international background or experience in their field can help uh, create uh, bridging the gap. Uh, obviously, uh, if you find some strategic investors uh, uh, that can back you or can open doors to you, that's a very important uh, way to uh, to uh, develop your company. Uh, also, we've seen that uh, bringing some, uh, uh, having a global approach is very important, not to be focused exclusively on the U.S. market. Many of the Israeli entrepreneurs are very much because of the English, maybe, or starting with the U.S., but the Asian market could be a huge opportunity for Israeli entrepreneurs and also the European market. People may forget that Europe is the first trading partner of Israel, and it's an, access, uh, an accessible market. It's closer physically or in terms of geography, and, and uh, uh, maybe it's less competitive in some of these, the technology sectors. So building partnership also outside of the US, in Europe and in Asia is essential. So where are we headed from here in the next 28 years? Where are we headed in the Israeli ecosystem? Are we going to, to, be, to create, you know, giant ecosystems and to create giant multinationals, you know, with, within our tiny, tiny country in the Middle East? Are we going to, you know, stay on this trajectory of, you know, unicorns that are either selling or IPOing for, for, for the amounts that they are today? Where, where do you see things going? I, I do think there is a huge opportunity for uh, Israeli uh, ecosystem to continue to grow. You know, if you look at the number of unicorns that have grown exponentially, we were one unicorn in 2013. We were 18 unicorns in 2019. We are 66 unicorns on top of the 20 that went public only this year. So we are having an expectation to reach in Q2 100 unicorns. Uh, and uh, there may wow. be some challenges on the way. We've seen the prices of 2000 and 2008 that suddenly the market are shutting down. But if you have a strong technology that are uh, targeting a global market and they have the leading uh, technology, eventually the sky is the limit. So it may take more time, more resources. You know, the, the allocation uh, in the venture capital industry is growing. Uh, we've just uh, seen the money that was injected by venture funds into Israel has gone from $1 billion 10 years ago to $20 billion this year. And I think the number will continue to grow. 
And most importantly, on top of the 300, yeah, 380 Israeli venture funds, you have now 100 international funds investing directly in Israel. Some of the bigger names, uh, whether it's uh, Blackstone, uh, SoftBank, uh, TPG, all those big players inside have been decide have decided to uh, develop their operation here. But I think that the uh, the, the investment in, in the Israeli ecosystem will only go will only grow in the coming years. We see that also from the European investors Amazing. that traditionally would invest exclusively in Europe, and now they're really open to. Uh, to, to invest in Israel, and, and uh, that's uh, really a, a much easier sell than what it was when we started taking Israeli companies public in France, in Germany, in Switzerland, and in the UK. Incredible. Edward, I want to uh, thank you. Thank you a lot for not just for these 20 minutes, but for everything you've done to Israel and to the Israel ecosystem. I'm inspired by your vision and by um, your, your Zionism and by your intentionality behind everything that you do and you've done. So thank you for serving as an inspiration for me and I'm sure for many, many others and and continue making incredible things for the country and stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Thank you very much.